Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends HeroCast. Just me, myself, and I today, and probably for the next few weeks. Um, thing is, when you've got um, movies that aren't, you know, the big blockbuster-type movies, it's harder to find guests to do them, uh, which is fine. I don't mind the solo because it's, you know, one less thing to do to, you know, try to get a, uh, try to get a guest host and have him watch a movie that may or may not be good and, uh, you know, trying to coordinate a time that works. So sometimes it's just easier to do the solo episodes. So today, something a little bit different, our first streaming movie, which this was, uh, I think it was on one of the year-end awards episodes when I debated. I mean, this was like during COVID when like theaters were closed. And you remember how we all kind of thought like, oh, maybe theaters are all going to go out of business. And, you know, maybe movies are just going to go to streaming. Because remember, Disney was putting movies on like Disney Plus for like $30. So it's like, hey, is this going to be the future? Thankfully, it wasn't. I don't. I didn't like that. I, I much prefer going to the theater. Um, I did today. Saw the last voyage of the Demeter, and uh, it was really good. I liked it. So, you know, having said all that, um, there are still some good movies that drop on streaming, and I just don't think they should be ignored. I still, look, I, I'm still not going to be doing the um, straight-to-video, straight-to-DVD. My list would grow by, like, 200 movies, so that's too much, but... Uh, yeah, there's some nice little streaming movies, including this week's, so we'll we'll dive into that. But, um, yeah, this is uh, the first of the streaming movies. Plus, I also added them uh, because, you know, you got the strike going on and a lot of movies got pushed back. Trying to extend the podcast to... It's... I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm guessing there's still going to be some delays. Um... But, uh, like, Deadpool 3... I, I would have liked Deadpool 3 to be the final episode. That would have been kind of cool. As of stands right now, Craven's going to be the final episode. Uh-uh. No. I will not end on Craven being the final episode of this podcast. I won't do it. I won't do it. So, I'll figure out something. But uh, it's not going to be Craven. That's such a lame finale. Even though the trailer... It kind of looked cool, but... That, that, that Craven. Come on. That's not going to be the final. No. No. It's not going to be the final episode. So, today is Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Speaking of Bloodlines, let's jump into the champions in wrestling, although Roman's not one of them. Actually, the same as last week, because this movie came out a day later after Joker. So, of course, we had Lesnar after he beat Kofi in everybody's favorite SmackDown main event. Uh, you know, just go listen to last week if you want to hear him again. That's uh, all there is to it. Uh, number one song again, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Indeed, the truth does hurt. So around October of, uh, you know, 2019, I, this is one of those deals where it's like, you know, you live in Ohio, so people ask you all the time, have you done this, have you done, have you done the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, have you done this and that, and it's like, some, sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no, but my, my thought is always, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it, it's not going anywhere, so that was the case with this, some friends and I, Halloween, we went up to the Mansfield Reformatory, which, of course, was where they filmed uh, Shawshank Redemption. And 
we did the they do a haunted house there. It was very cool. I liked it a lot. It was neat. It was a long wait, but it was cool. I had a lot of fun. Not really big on haunted houses, but it was still fun. I liked it a lot. But uh, I'd be curious to go back doing like a tour because that was one thing I did do. I, I, you know, beyond the decorations, I did kind of look around and I'm like, man, this is this is cool. It's like these insane people used to be housed here. It's wild, right? You know. So that's uh, that was what I was doing around this time. Budget and box office, zero and zero. I don't know. Uh, I saw that it made like $1.7 million in DVD sales. That's cool. But really the contribution... I mean, it's DVD sales, yes. But also, you want to have a good library. You know? Sometimes you have to spend money to make money. You know how that goes? So, it's like... I don't... I mean, you look at... Um, I mean, gosh, you, you look at like Netflix. And Netflix... You can't really put a price tag on how much a show like Wednesday or um, uh, Squid Games. You know, you can't put a price tag on how much that adds to the product. But you do, you can see that people are watching, and you can see that, like, hey, we need stuff like this on the product because people do watch it. So it's kind of one of those deals. So I, I have it. It's it's in the unlisted as far as profits go, um, along with uh, what was my other uh, Swamp Thing from '83. Couldn't find any information on that. Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD couldn't find that. The Giver '91 nothing on that. Uh, the Crow Salvation, which was in 2000, it's kind of crazy. I couldn't find anything on that one either. And then uh, also in 2000, Citizen Toxie couldn't find anything on that one. So. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, that's, uh, it's, it's right now just an, an unlisted, so, there you go. Uh, oh, what I did forget, uh, follow on X at EC underscore hero, or at EC 85, or Instagram at Eddie, sorry, EC HeroCast. EC here, okay. Already C85 on Instagram. I don't think I've plugged my Instagram. One number I can give you is the Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, 88%, and fans, 80%. How about that? Those are some those are some respectable numbers. So the thing I will say about the DC animated movies, and this will make sense. First off, you when you go into these, you have to understand these are for the hardcores. They introduce characters, like, like well, actually, let me back up. You couldn't do this movie shot for shot as a live-action movie. Because it'd be like, okay, who are all these characters? They didn't introduce them. You know, why is the movie not even 90 minutes? You know, that type of thing. You go into these, you do a little bit of backstory, but then you assume that the audience knows what you're talking about. So, that's... That's the deal with that. And it's funny because I was I was actually excited to get into these because there's, in addition to, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, um, Maso reviewing, we have Superman Red Sun, Justice League, Apocalypse War, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 and 2. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, that's it for now. But 
I'm I'm interested in those because you know in 2019 is when this movie came out. I mean, this especially was the case because Marvel was riding, you know, sky high. They had just dropped uh, Endgame and you know uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. They had an awesome 2019, awesome 2018, and meanwhile, DC's just you know. I mean, God, did DC... They didn't even put out... Um, oh, no, they had Shazam. Yeah, they had Shazam that came out this year. And then Aquaman last year. Aquaman did do well, but it's like... Man, we're just... You know... it. It's not... Uh, it's not really working in DC's favor. And... I think the whole tribalism of DC vs. Marvel is stupid. I never got into that. I think it's stupid in wrestling. I think it's stupid in comic. I think it's just pretty much stupid everywhere. But the one thing I remember seeing, and I have a friend who's a big DC guy. He doesn't hate Marvel, though. He's not one of those people. He just prefers DC, which is fine. But, you know, the thing he would always say is it's like, yeah, a lot of the DC movies, they're not, they're not that good, but... DC animated movies are killing it. Like, the quality-wise, they're killing it. Now, and I saw those posts on Facebook, too, where it's like, oh, man, the DC animated universe, it's so much better. And, of course, those would get the laugh reacts. It's like, oh, it's animated movies, no one sees them. But, yeah, of course. I mean, Wonder Woman bloodline compared to, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. Of course, more people saw the Spider-Man. But, you know, it's it's kind of... um, It's kind of like, well, does... Do we just ignore Wonder Woman Bloodlines because it wasn't as popular? Do we just not pretend like it exists? Do we ignore the quality of it? I say no. That's why I'm doing these. And we'll we'll see if the DC animated movies were, in fact, killing it um, around this time. And this is the first one. I picked ones that debuted on streaming first. So that was kind of tricky to find. But it was like, for instance, this one debuted... I think it was on uh, DC Universe. Remember that streaming service? I had it for like a couple weeks to watch the first few Superman movies on the podcast. I think Caleb had it too. And yeah, we used it. And then I think HBO just absorbed it. So um, I could tell it wasn't going to be around much longer. I mean, it just didn't have much content. And it was like $8 a month for, you know, a couple movies and the Batman animated series, which is really good. But, like, is this worth $8? Oh, and Doom Patrol, which I've not seen, but people seem to like. But it's like, that doesn't seem like $8 a month. Not to me. Anyway, history of the movie, I have none. Never seen it until now. Didn't know it existed until now. But, uh... Yeah, so that's, um... I don't know. That's the deal. But, uh... I don't really spend a lot of time with the cast when it's an animated movie. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just... The only thing I will say, Rosario Dawson as Wonder Woman. Of course, you guys know, long-time listeners. Big Rosario Dawson fan. I thought she did really well in this. I thought she did really well. Um, and I actually, I don't know if I would have been able to pinpoint her voice. I'm usually pretty good at that. I don't know if I would have been able to pinpoint her voice. And then uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan as Steve Trevor. If you're like, who's Jeffrey Donovan? He was in Burn Notice. 
which I don't think anyone actually watched that show. I'm pretty sure even SNL did a skit on how no one watched that show, but yet it aired for like 10 seasons. I only know about it because it was like, I feel like it got advertised during Raw all the time, and I'm like, meh, whatever. But I'll see him pop up in movies and be like, oh, the Burn Notice guy. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the deal there. Um, so we'll jump into the plot. So it opens kind of similar to how Wonder Woman the movie opens. These these fighters, except I should mention, this does not take place in like uh, you know World War Two or God, what was that? Movie? Was it World War One or World War Two? I think it was World War One. Yeah, it does not take place in World War One era. It takes place in. Uh, no, it was World War Two. God, I don't even remember. How sad is that? Anyway, it doesn't take place in that time. It takes place present day. So we open with these jet fighters. They are attacked by... I guess this was not part of the uh, movie, but they're attacked like by these mechanical gargoyle things. Um, but one of the pilots, Steve Trevor, he crashes into the ocean, and then who should save him? Diana Prince. She sees all this. Actually, she's just Diana. I don't think they call her Prince in this. But... She sees all this, she goes and helps the dude, and um, as he's crashing, like, he passes into the border, like, the invisible shield that is around uh, Themyscira. So, he sees, like, this island right before he crashes, and he, like I said, he's saved by Diana, and after his injuries are healed by this purple, I don't know, um what they call it? It's just like a purple healing gel, but it's like a cure-all. So, after this purple healing gel, he's healed, but then he's put in jail because he's an outsider, and she says, my mom will decide your fate. So, later on, Diana breaks him out of prison because she's like, yeah, deliberations didn't go well, and uh, I just don't think, uh, eh, I just didn't think you should be here. So, Diana says that she has to help Steve because the demons that attacked him Normal humans can't stop him. You need someone like me. So after the confrontation with her mom, Diana and Steve, they set sail, and she kind of banishes uh, she banishes Diana from Themyscira forever. We know how those always go. So um, she kind of falls for him pretty quickly, but you know it's an animated movie. We gotta speed things along. It's only what like barely eighty minutes, so. That's the deal. So, Steve takes her to stay with his geologist, Julia, and Julia's daughter, Vanessa. Um, actually, first he meets her to this girl, Etta Candy, and then Etta sends her to Julia. So, weird middleman deal. But, Julia is like a big-time geologist, very interested in Diana, very interested in the fact she's a princess. and But her daughter, Vanessa pretty jealous of Diana because Julia likes Diana way more than she likes her and flash forward I guess like a few weeks Diana's got this new um, new look it's a superhero costume uh, she has now been given the name Wonder Woman by the government and they're like oh you're gonna be a superhero like that nut in Gotham so Flash to five years later, and Wonder Woman's been doing superhero stuff. They reference a lot, like she's been. Oh, you've been flying around with Batman or uh, Superman. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't see him anymore. It's like, oh, is there, 
something going on there. And then they mention that she defeated Darkseid. Like, that's kind of a major revelation. <laughs> um, again, maybe I just don't know enough about these. Maybe there's a movie that I'm missing. But So, anyway, uh, five years later, uh, Wonder Woman uh, gets... Or, sorry, Julia gets in touch with Wonder Woman. Vanessa is in trouble. She has stolen an artifact and plans to sell it to this... Uh, the villainous Dr. Poison. Remember her from the uh, Wonder Woman movie? Yeah, she's in this. She's working with another person, Dr. Cyber. But uh, Dr. Poison's more important. So, she's stolen this artifact. And, like I said, plans to sell it. They meet up at this warehouse. And Wonder Woman interrupts the deal. Dr. Poison runs off. But her henchwoman, Giganta... She injects herself with poison or something. And she just grows into a giant. So... Again, it's like, you could do this in an animated movie and it's not going to be weird, but like in a regular movie, it's like, who's Dr. Poison? Who's Giganta? What's happening? So, that's why this is for the hardcores. So, Giganta, she grows to a giant. She fights Wonder Woman. It's a pretty cool fight. Wonder Woman defeats her by like, lassoing her head and like, pulling it into a big steel beam. That was kind of cool. So... During this melee, though, Julia is shot and killed. We think it's when the guards, like the little henchmen people with Dr. Poison, were shooting at him. They allude to, like, oh yeah, that's when it happened. Even though you didn't see it, that's what they want you to think. So keep that in mind. So Vanessa blames Wonder Woman, runs off, and uh, she's Vanessa's recruited by Dr. Poison and Dr. Cyber. And uh, they want to do an experiment on her. There's working on a bigger project. Keep that in mind. Well, Steve and Diana locate Vanessa's possible whereabouts at this facility in Kirak. I guess it's like a fake Iraq. I don't know. And they find Vanessa. She says, Vanessa's dead. It's the Silver Swan now. She's got these big metal wings. So Wonder Woman fights her, defeats her kind of easily. They take her to the lab. And they got Dr. Um, uh, Doctor Kale to examine her. She's like, this isn't a metal suit. This is, like, part of her. And it's taking over her. It's, like, part of her skin and everything. It's like she's turning into this silver swan. So Wonder Woman's like, okay, the only thing, purple gel. That's what we got to do. We got to get to Themyscira to do it. However... Plot twist. There's a security measure. When you leave Themyscira, you forget where it is. Which is kind of cool. So, after some research, they think they can find Themyscira by going to this temple. It's like a temple you can drink this liquid. I guess water. I don't know. And uh, ask it a question, and then that's what she's going to do. So they get to the temple, but who's there but Cheetah? Again, you can kind of can't do this because it's like who the hell's cheetah but uh, Wonder Woman defeats her but she reveals she's also working with Dr. Poison she injects herself with something turns into even more of a cheetah Steven and Etta they enter the temple and it's a maze and they encounter a minotaur I'm a big fan of minotaurs by the way and this will not be the last minotaur that debuts on the pod oh, sorry this will not be the last minotaur we see on the podcast only one debut and this is him 
So elsewhere, Wonder Woman, she's getting beat up by Cheetah because Cheetah's really fast, but she locks her in the invisible jet and like, what are you doing? And it's like limiting your space so you can't speed up and keep hitting me kind of deal. And uh, that's where she's able to defeat her. Minotaur is defeated by um, Diana. She comes in and say, well, Steve thinks he stopped them, but he didn't. And they did one of those fake outs. And Diana drinks from the cup, find out where Themyscira is, but it just gives her like a a vision that she's like, what does that even mean? But Minotaur wakes up, and the Minotaur keeps saying, must stop intruders. And Wonder Woman smashes the fountain, and the Minotaur snaps out of it. And he's like, oh, my mission in life was to protect that fountain, but uh, I was under a spell, and now I'm out of it. And he's like, my name is Ferdinand. <laughs> so Ferdinand the Minotaur. I thought he was going to join them. Because they even meant, like, Steve's like, oh, it's nice to have another, I guess, man on the team. And Ferdinand's like, oh, I'm forever in your debt. And, like, the only time we see Ferdinand again is when he's making lunch. I was like, you didn't want to go with him on the final mission? Feels like you could have used Ferdinand for this. But, okay. So... Back with Dr. Kale. Well, they, yeah, Dr. Kale interprets, uses a computer to interpret um, Wonder Woman's vision. They find out where Themyscira is, but Dr. Cyber was infiltrated into the computer system and is like, ah, now I know where Themyscira is too. And they activate uh, Silver Swan, who's laying there in the lab. She does battle with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman wins again. The heroes, they head off to Themyscira. Silver Swan also flew off. Um, and they make it to Themyscira. Steve and Diana talk about if uh, she'll be made queen or not. She's like, ah, no, I won't. I left. You don't understand how it works there. He's like, oh, you never know. And But they get there, and it's already under attack by the doctors and Silver Swan and their newest weapon. Medusa. That was what they were working on. That was the big project. So Medusa turns a lot of the Amazons to stone. And the doctors are like, oh, you'll serve us and, you know, you'll take down Themyscira and we'll rule. And Medusa's like, no, that's not how this works. So she kills Dr. Cyber, who was only a robot. And then uh, Dr. Poison's like, no, no, here, here's a poison. It'll make you stronger. I guess that's what she gave Giganta. And Medusa's like, thanks. Turns Dr. Poison to stone and crumbles her. And then takes the poison and then turns herself into a giant. So a giant Medusa. Um, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. Anything Greek mythology, you've, you, you got me. So Minotaurs, Medusa, I'm in. Wonder Woman's still fighting with Silver Swan, but Steve blasts Swan out of the air. She crashes to the earth. So Wonder Woman then does battle with Medusa. And during the battle, Steve is turned to stone. Uh, Medusa's winning the fight. Silver Swan wakes up. Medusa turns her attention to her. And as Wonder Woman comes up, uh, she cuts off one of the snake hairs on her head. And uh, Wonder Woman prevents Silver Swan from looking at her. Because like, when Medusa beckons you to look at her, you kind of want to. So, you know, Silver Swan wanted to look at her, but... Uh, you know, Wonder Woman talked her out of it. Uh, so then uh, Wonder Woman grabs the snake head that she chopped off 
Medusa's like, you can't use my own venom against me. But then drips the, the venom from the snake fangs, drips into her eyes. She blinds herself. So then she fights Medusa. Well, her and Silver Swan, kind of. They fight Medusa. Medusa's about to kill Silver Swan. Or sorry, jeez. Med- uh, Medusa's about to kill Wonder Woman when Silver Swan stops her. The two team up, and then Wonder Woman finally comes in, chops her head off. She dies. Everyone who was turned to stone is undone, except Dr. Poison. She was shattered. So, that's the deal. It was, uh, it's hard to do fight scenes justice. This was, I mean, and, and it's animated, but this was really cool. I really liked, liked this whole thing. Um, Medusa's not a character we've seen on this podcast before. I don't know enough about Wonder Woman to know if that's an actual character. I would assume it is. But, uh, yeah, it was a cool climax. I, I liked it a lot. So, there you go. Uh, Diana's mom then comes in, hugs her, admits that she was wrong about everything. They use the purple magic to heal Diana's blindness and Vanessa's cyber body. And, uh, and they decide to open the doors of Temescara to the whole world. And then roll credits. But we have a mid-credits scene. So Wonder Woman goes to Dr. Kale. And Wonder Woman's like, I figured it out. And Dr. Kale was actually the one who killed Julia. She came in through the back door, shot her, turned on her. The reason being, Dr. Kale wants to invade Themyscira for its technology. Dinah then accepts and is like, I'll be waiting on you. And then just impales a sword in her desk and walks off as Kale struggles to remove it. And she kind of smirks because it's like, she's never going to get that out. So that is the deal. That was Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Uh, It's a short movie. But if you like animated movies, uh, I recommend. I really liked it. I can see why. I mean, it's again, it's 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 so hard to compare with uh, live action, especially when it's not an animated movie that goes to theater. Because even in theater, you have a certain expectation of a length of a movie, and you know it's like any movie that's in a theater that's under ninety minutes, you know, is going to be bad, right? So. It's a little different. I kind of got a grade on a bit of a curve. But having said that, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I give it an 8 out of 10. I can see why people uh, like the the uh, DC animated movies and why people say, hey, you know, it's good quality. It's good quality. Trust me. It's good quality. And people just kind of laugh and be like, yeah, well, you're still getting your butt kicked to the box office, blah, blah, blah. But... Which I hate. I hate the box office argument. It's like, who, are you seeing any of that money? Am I? No. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, here's one. A couple days ago on uh, Facebook, I saw a post from like a news site. Well, a fan news site. And it was like, it showed the early reviews of Blue Beetle, which apparently are really good, which is good because I plan on seeing it. And it's like, oh, uh, if these are true, Marvel's in a whole lot of trouble, which... I've checked. Blue Beetle is not expected to do well at the box office, so it's like, how is Marvel in trouble? But it's like, just because Blue Beetle's good, how does that make Marvel in trouble? And also, if Blue Beetle bombs, which I kind of think it will because no one knows who the hell Blue Beetle is, um, 
Marvel's definitely not in trouble. Not that I'm like trying to simp for Marvel or anything. Marvel has their own issues that they have to sort out. As does DC, because they're trying to like reboot their movies, but at the same time, they still have movies in the pipeline. So it's like, which do we incorporate? Which do we not? I'm excited for Blue Beetle because it looks cool. I mean, I don't know. That's I know I should say something tribalist, tribalistic, like, oh, I can't wait for Marvels to fail, and Blue Beetle's going to be so much better, it's going to be the best superhero movie this year, and Marvels is going to suck, and da -da. Stupid. If you came here for that, you're in the wrong place. I don't... It's so stupid. Besides, if you know anything about business, a rising tide lifts all boats. A rising tide lifts all boats, okay? You know? If Blue Beetle somehow managed to do really well, that's good for the whole superhero genre as a whole. That's why Kevin Feige, like the first person who called uh, James Gunn to congratulate him on being in charge of DC was Kevin Feige, because they both know they're smart. It's like, hey, if you can get DC up and running, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So, we'll see. I'm not promising James Gunn's going to be a success. But I think the people that are already like, fire him before his first movie even comes out. That's insane. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, 8 out of 10. Strong recommend. Uh, again, if you like animated movies, DC, whatever, it's cool. Fight scenes are great. It's a quick watch. I enjoyed it. Going to get out of here with a quote. But next week, you don't have to watch anything. It's the ear... Sorry, Half Decade End Awards Show. The celebrating the best and the worst from 2015 to the end of 2019. <sighs> the first solo awards show. Maybe we should do an In Memoriam segment and just put Caleb. In Memoriam, Caleb. Sad. R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, anyway, end quote comes from Giganta. I knew as soon as I heard this, I'm like, well, this is the end quote, obviously. <clears throat> it's when, um, you know, Wonder Woman's like, oh, Giganta, and she drinks her potion, and like, oh, Giganta. Giganta says, <clears throat> bigger and better, bitch.
I turn to stone Medusa 